Hey, I'm Allison Hare, and welcome to Little Left of Center, the podcast that interviews culture changers that are reshaping our world and breaking new ground. Welcome to Little Little Left of Center. Today is a bonus episode, and I thought it was really timely. Unless you've been living under a rock, you probably know that there has been quite a rise in anti-Semitic attacks, and I thought it would be really important to understand the perspective of what is it like to be Jewish in America today. So I invited my old friend, Allison Gollin, uh, to share a little bit more about her experiences and what it's like out there. Why is this happening? And how can we find a path forward? So I cannot wait to bring this to you. I learned so much and uh, there were so many perspectives I didn't even think about, but was so grateful for that. So without further ado, here is my chat with Allison Gollin. We are we are here with Allison Gollin, and she is a childhood friend of mine. So we were like the only two Allisons. We we're always Allison squared. You know, (laughs) so growing up in, in Wachung, New Jersey. And what I think is interesting is, is when I was growing up around me, everybody was either Jewish or they were Catholic and I was neither. And so on Mondays, some of my friends would go to Hebrew school and the other half would go to catechism and I would go home and watch MTV. So I never grew up knowing anything different and, and following you after all of these years and seeing attack after attack after attack happen and then see how you would post, how it would affect you, how it affect your family. I want to understand more. I could not imagine what it feels like to be, you know, great upstanding citizens and people who were born in America that feel like they're under attack for no reason. Mm -hmm. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously I did not grow up Jewish, but, you know, I really wanted to understand your experience and understand a little more of why, why is there such a rise in anti-Semitism? And some of the things that you shared with me were really eye-opening about why Hasidic Jews were targeted. This has to be really hard for you. This has to be really hard for you as a parent, as somebody who is a Jewish American person, as somebody who is raised, I'm assuming, to be proud of your heritage. Mm-hmm. You know, so I really want to understand a little more of, of what that's been like for you. Mm-hmm. Well, so it's really interesting, too, that your perception was that everyone was either Catholic or Jewish, because I always felt so different and other where we live. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't feel like I didn't feel like anyone was like me where we were. I mean, I knew that you know, there were some people that went to Hebrew school where we grew up, but I didn't really feel like I had a lot of people that were like me. And I always felt so so different so that's really interesting that that was your perception because when we were in high school there were only a few people that really were jewish where we were wow um for me it's a scary time and i think that so many jews would say it's a scary time but for right now for, for whatever reason i mean it's just this lashing out at people that look so different from others i've spent time in Brooklyn, especially over the last year, because my daughter's done some work up there. And I, it has made me scared just walking around that area because people in the Hasidic community are so proud of, of who they are. They wear clothing that is representative of, of who they are in the Jewish community. They may pray differently. They walk around in their um, family units. But I guess they're, they're, they're targets for people that hate. And I, I think that we're living in a culture right now 
where it's okay to hate openly. And, and for whatever reason, over the last, definitely over the last eight, 10 days, it's been okay to hate Jews openly, really openly. The rabbi's home in, in Brooklyn alone, I think there were three or four uh, really aggressive, violent attacks on the street or in apartment buildings. Um, I mean, and then over the course of the last couple of years in synagogues alone, people going in and shooting. So just as a side story, earlier this week, my daughter had said that she wanted to go to the JCC, which is a, a huge building in our community. So I live in South Jersey. And the JCC is a Jewish community center, yes. Yep. yep. Jew- Jewish community center. Um, and I live in Cherry Hill in South Jersey, which is a huge Jewish community. Um, very, very proud, very active, very, very immersive, involved Jewish community full of, of immigrants from all over the world, but also people that have been um, steeped in Philadelphia culture and South Jersey culture for generations. And um, our JCC is, is a huge part of, of who we are as a community. And we had been members there for a long time, but then we just hadn't been very active there gym membership, but then we decided to, to stop our membership. We hadn't been going, but my daughter said she wanted to go back because she wanted to go to the gym. So I took her in to renew her membership. And it was just a really weird feeling for me because I thought, okay, so we're walking into this gym. And my first thought was every day after school, she's going to come here. And am I putting a, a target on her back that, mm. <laughs> that every day, you know, she's going to come to a place that I, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, but we can't be scared, but it, it certainly makes me think. I wonder, do you teach your children to be proud of their heritage or at, at a point like now, do you teach them to hide, to protect themselves? Mm. I mean, I always teach them to be really proud of who we are. And yeah. my husband and I both grew up in pretty non-Jewish areas and we're really proud to be raising them in a place where there are so many Jewish families and they have a lot of Jewish friends. They're, we're raising them with people that are like them, which was different than we were raised. You know, we didn't feel like we had a lot of people that were like us. Like you are saying, you know, you didn't feel like you had a lot of people like you. And it's different when you're raised with people that are like you that can understand your cultures and your traditions. I feel like be proud of, of who you are, but also be aware of, of what's around you. How do you explain it to your children? So your kids are how old? Uh, so my son's 17 and my daughter's 14. So I know that you, you posted something that I thought was really scary and that your daughter said, mom, should we put the menorah away? Is somebody going to mm-hmm. attack us in their, in your home? You know, and I, I, oh, that's got to be really hard. Okay. Like how, as a community, so you've got the JCC, you've got a, a strong uh, community. Yeah. Of we have like that synagogue are, in every corner. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, do you band together and try and educate people? Like where is the, what is the pathway to a better way? And why, why is this happening? You know, I, th- I thought what was really interesting where you were talking about the acidic Jews that, um, very often they live similar to the Amish. So they don't, you know, they're not watching TV and consuming social media like we do. So, you know, they might not have the kind of awareness that we do to protect themselves. Or, or even, the technology to yes. 
to protect, right? So, because I was reading a few articles that were specifically about that, about the technology piece that maybe where intruders were able to get into buildings where in other more high-tech areas they wouldn't have been able to. I mean, and, 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 and does that make them more vulnerable? I, I don't know. It's just heartbreaking to me that how can you prey upon people that are very religious just because that's what represents to you, if you hate, that's, that's the, the group that you can hate the most. But another neighbor of mine had said the same, that her daughter said the same thing the last night of Hanukkah. Okay, so now put away our menorahs. We don't want anyone to know. We are really proud of, of who we are, but it, it still is like a, especially since that had just happened with that in, in that rabbi's home, there were a hundred people and this gentleman came in and did what he did. Um, so that was all over the news. But then, and then my daughter was actually wearing her um, Pittsburgh Tree of Life shirt that day, the Stronger Than Hate shirt yeah. with her juicer. So she said, but I'm wearing my Stronger Than Hate shirt. So I think I'm okay, but I still want to put away the, the menorah because I still feel like maybe people would see that and maybe it could make us a target. So. Have you felt that this has been happening more and more lately or do you feel like this has happened um, all throughout your life, through your existence, or do you feel like there is a rise in it? Um, well, for me personally, um, I mean, there have always been little comments. Like even when I was in high school, I dropped change once and, you know, a kid made a comment about, what are you, some Jew? Because I dropped my <laughs> change after lunch and I bent down on the ground to get it. And I, I jumped up and I was like, that was the first time anyone had ever said anything like that to me. And I, I didn't understand. I didn't even know what he was saying. Like it, mm. it didn't even occur to me that he was saying anything racist. And when I then pointed out that I was Jewish, he was horrified and embarrassed. <laughs> and <laughs> in the world now, I, I feel like there's definitely been a huge uptick since Charlottesville. Um, because I think at that time, it became like, hey, it's okay. There are fine people on both sides. I mean, which was like the, the just the most, jaw-dropping statement I've ever heard from anyone and I think anyone on anyone could agree that that was just pretty despicable thing to say so I think that that gave everyone license to just go and do whatever the heck they wanted because sure if they're fine people on both sides then you're saying well they're fine people on the racist nationalist side too um, and I think that anytime there's a rise in nationalism you're going to see a rise in anti-semitism because that's giving people license to go out and hate the the groups that are typically oppressed or that are um, typically scapegoated, which in through time and memoriam, you know, Jews typically are. That that's pretty focused. Yeah, and I'm um, wondering, like, and I know we we touched on this briefly that Donald Trump had just yep. passed, uh, yep. uh, did an executive order to help protect Jews on campus. And there's been a lot of applause for that. And there's been a lot of concern for that as well. And I wanted to understand your take on that too. To me, it sounds like a step in the right direction, you know, to, to acknowledge that. I mean, for God's sakes, his, his daughter converted to Judaism, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand how, I don't understand. And I'm, mm -hmm. I'm curious as to your thoughts on it. 
from what I've read, it, it, these anti-Israel rallies are kind of masking anti-Jewish <laughs> rallies. Um, so he passed an executive order stating that Judaism would be considered a nationality, not a religion, because then college campuses can come down harder on these rallies because they... They would cut off government funding or federal mm -hmm. funding. Right, because then they can't, you can't discriminate based on religion. The discrimination can't be based on, on the religion, but it can be based on the nationality. So if Judaism is a nationality, then you can come down harder on these anti-Israel. I think what was interesting, so I was listening to um, The Daily, the New York Times podcast, and they had one about the backlash on, on that. And yeah. they talked about, you know, Jews worked really, really hard to be considered white in mm -hmm. America and to be considered among the rest of us, like Italians and like the Irish did. And this is almost like walking that like back of being that back. other. I wonder if it is a step in the right direction. Mm. I have friends that are Jewish that proudly celebrate Christmas and proudly celebrate Hanukkah. And they love mm -hmm. to celebrate all those traditions. And I wonder, is that alienating your own traditions or just embracing where you are? Like, I wonder what that's like when everything around you is Christmas and you might see a little menorah or a little dreidel or a little yeah. something, you know, a, something a little blue in the mess of, you know, red, green, yeah. gold and, and silver. I always wonder what that is like. These could um, be totally dumb questions. I don't no, even know. No, 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 no. They're, they're not. They're really good questions, actually. So, so yeah, the, so where I live currently, it's really not, like, it, there's a lot of Hanukkah celebration just because where I live currently, there's so many people that are Jewish. So, so that's always, that's been really nice. Um, and then we get together with our, on Christmas, we get together with friends and we always have a big dinner at Japanese restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> and that's our the Christmas, you know, tradition. Um, and for my kids, I don't even think they they really think about it too much because we just we all, or we go to the movies or something like that on Christmas Day. And then actually, my my three siblings um, on my husband's side all married people that are not Jewish. So so their kids all do both Hanukkah and Christmas. So that's awesome because they get to do both holidays. And we celebrate that for them. So we wish them a Merry Christmas and, and it's an exciting time for everyone. Um, but we still have a Hanukkah party, you know, from on that side of the family. So, you know, we, we try to make it as festive as we can. Yeah. For everyone. And I know that um, you married, you married um, somebody who is Jewish. Was that mm -hmm. important to you or did it just yeah. happen to be that way? It was. Yeah. No, what, well, that was important. To, to me and well and I guess to my sister because she did too I think it was important in our not that we were religious we didn't grow up religious but like I guess in our home it was made important that we married someone that it was within our our religion I don't even know why it just kind of was <laughs> well, I think so um, you know some people have a different comfort level or even yeah. you know sharing the traditions you know and understanding I wonder about, I don't know what, what the percentage is of people that are Jewish in America, but I wonder if you feel or have felt a lack uh, of a sense of belonging outside your home growing up, or that was important to you in life of just finding a place where you felt like you could be you and fully. 
So, so that's really interesting. So the first, <laughs> okay, so the first time that I felt like I was understood or like that I, that someone got me or like that I related to someone was when I watched Dirty Dancing and I was watching Jennifer Gray and I thought, oh my <laughs> God, <knows> job. <laughs> she's me. <laughs> like I, we got each other, you know, but you know, and I, I look at Schindler's List and those, those people are the me people, you know, and like, I, I, I feel like when, when I walk around my community here and there are people that look more like me, I don't know. It's just, that's just sort of how I, I feel and I relate. And it's funny because, you know, my daughter's an actress and when she gets called in for parts, it's usually like the Middle Eastern Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, but that's how you look. So, <laughs> Right. Um, I guess you just feel comfortable when, with, with, when you're in a situation where you feel understood and people get you. But at the same time, like I just, I'm a social worker, so I am, embrace difference too, you know, and I always teach my children, like, no matter who you're with in life, college, job, whatever, like, you, you have to be with people that make you feel good on the inside, no matter what they look like on the outside, you know, it's, it's all about how you feel about yourself when you're around that person, whether it's a, a love interest or a friendship or whatever it is. I think, you know, as I start to think about some of the people that are very famous that are Jewish, you know, like I feel like art is what changes culture, like what mm -hmm. you see around you, you know, like Eliza Schlesinger and, you know, the comedian has the big Netflix specials and, um, you know, all of these people that representation really does matter of all different colors. And I think the more that we see, just like you did with Jennifer Gray, the more it, the less it becomes other. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's so interesting to kind of understand what it's like in your shoes. And I, I think from raising your kids, it's got to be really challenging to figure out how do you find yourself and be proud of yourself, but still protect yourself when the reality is, is there is so much danger out there. And I wonder, do you see a path for it to get better? So that's the thing, right? Like, what is the path for it to get better? After the Tree of Life synagogue shooting, we had a big community. It was a service, an interfaith service at one of the synagogues here. There were, there had to have been a thousand people in the community that came. There was a, a rabbi at this service. There was a priest at the service. There was a, a reverend at the service. There were people from all walks of life. That, that must have came. felt beautiful. Uh, it was beautiful. There wasn't a dry eye in the entire place. We were all sobbing. Everyone that stood up to talk just talked about that. What is the path forward? Because if people are just going to, to worship in this peaceful place and they're getting shot and killed, <laughs> what, what do we do? And, 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 I, and I was talking about that with my husband last night after you know, I knew that I was going to be talking to you. And I said, I I don't know what the path is. Like, I don't know how we make it better. The only thing that I can hope is that we just raise our children to love. As a school social worker, I, I do this curriculum. It's a social emotional learning curriculum at school and it's called Choose Love. And it was created by one of the moms of one of the little boys that was killed at Sandy Hook. And I go into classrooms and, and we start at like the ground level of trying to teach love really early on. So to resolve conflict, and deal with our anger by, by talking and by helping each other 
on the playground when we're really little so that when we're really angry about something when we're older we're not going to take it out on each other by bringing guns to school or guns to synagogues or guns to concerts you know and and maybe it has to be a generational change like maybe that's how we have to start the whole thing like maybe we need to i don't know wipe it clean and and start it start it with the little ones really early on aside from hoping that we can change it you know with policies the next best thing to me is is having people work on it through schools and through homes through through love and learning that way I do think part of the reason why I wanted to talk to you is because of just the awareness of what it feels like in a very real way to a very real person, which is why I'm so grateful to you to spend a few minutes and kind of sharing your experience, because I think just that awareness makes a huge impact of just how can we reach out and be more compassionate and be more thoughtful and be more intentional about how we raise our children and how we love each other. And I think um, I think you said something that was really profound, which is how you process anger. And mm. I don't know that we are taught um, how to cope. I don't yeah. think that we are taught anymore how to cope or process anger, that anger, sadness is bad. Let's get rid of it. Just be happy. And right. I think that is a really toxic path. So... Um, so I thank you for sharing that, especially with your background as a social worker in school and how you impact kids, not only your own, but the ones in your school and, and the parents that love them and care for them and the teachers as well, I think is, is the key. But unfortunately, it, it takes a little while. I know. Oh, you know? gosh. It takes, well, that's the thing, right? It takes, I think it takes a really long time. Mm -hmm. Well, I can't thank you enough, Allison. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Alison Gullen, for sharing your experience, for being so vulnerable and so open and really helping us understand what it's like to be Jewish in America today. I'm hoping that as you listen to this, it'll give you a sense of compassion and understanding and allow us to band together and find a path forward that is a little more peaceful, that allows us to have a little more understanding and compassion for the others. I am thankful for you for listening. I hope you subscribe, rate, review, and especially share with your friends. Culture changing is a movement, but it only works when you share the ideas and when they spread. So thanks so much for listening. I will see you next week.